In the 2020s, a pandemic crippled the world. Some panicked, some denied it. These two guys stayed home, drank, and watched movies. These are the Jameson Tapes. Hey, Alan. I, I know we're still recovering from the poisonous mechanical spider, and then we were like, yeah. you know what? I think we're ready for the Poughkeepsie tapes. And then the Incredible Melting Man was outside my window and said, no, watch my movie. And so we did. And I kind of regret taking his advice. I feel like he's been hanging outside my window, too, just like for a really long time and not doing anything. Yeah. But before we get to that, what you drinking? Oh, what I'm drinking? I've made a Mai Tai. From a, a kit sold by Greg from How to Drink. While we were watching the film, I made a double. This is my second double. So I'm going to have had, by the time this episode is over, enough rum to blind a pirate. You're going to need it. In, in each of these doubles, there is two ounces of Smith & Cross Jamaican rum, two ounces of Demerara, and an ounce of dry curacao. Damn. And that's just the spirits. There's also all, all the good Mai Tai shit. Rougeau, lime juice, Demerara syrup. It's perfect. It's a perfect Mai Tai. Nice. Uh, thank, thank you, Greg. I don't think I've ever had a Mai uh, Did we have Mai Tais when we went to the Tiki Bar? I had one. <laughs> like, I, I don't remember everything I had. I thought that Mai Tai was perfect, but the how to drink Greg's recipe Mai Tai is my new favorite Mai Tai recipe. Okay. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, what you drinking? I didn't have time this week to prepare anything special. I've been working a lot, but thankfully I've had some time to do these episodes. I just ran out and I bought another local San Diego beer. It's by Pizza Port Brewing, which is a really nice kind of local brewery. And it's called Chronic Amber Ale. It doesn't have CBD in it, which I'm kind of shocked because they could probably yeah. do that. But it's a really nice amber ale. I'm a big fan of amber ales, so this was just... Just very nice, just sipping beer for this incredibly long movie. Yeah, so that's what we're drinking. The a movie we watched was one I had seen before in a different format. Mm -hmm. And you, you are entirely new to. I saw Red Letter Media talking about it, and I was kind of working at the same time. And I said to myself, I would just peer up at it and go, okay, this looks like like, I actually want to watch this. So I have paid attention to their discussion. So going in, I knew very little information. Might as well have been there. Yeah. And it's been maybe a decade since I've seen. Uh, this movie was actually in a Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode. A movie we watched is called The Incredible Melting Man. And I don't know, incredible? <laughs> is it like a bit of a stretch? Yeah, no, it's called that false advertising. Yeah. Uh, there was a melting man, though. <laughs> there was. So they nailed it on that account. I don't even know how to start this because yeah, we can run um, through the movie, but the meat of this is going to be just discussing what the movie is. So much of this movie was a uh, spoiler for our discussion of the film. So much of this movie was the promise of something interesting happening. <laughs> yeah. And then it absolutely just like not delivering. Over and um, over and over again. And all of this paired with some damn fine practical special effects that are not used to the effect they should be. So let's get started. This movie begins with some astronauts in space. They are and... around the rings of Saturn. We have random cuts to what I think is actual NASA footage of solar flares, like early 70s footage of our sun. And this movie is from the 70s, I feel we should mention. It feels like a 70s movie. Oh, everything about it, yeah. We see the solar flare, and one of the one of the astronauts, Steve, comments to ground control that, man, you should see, like, the sun through the rings of Saturn. It's like... No. You shouldn't be doing... You shouldn't be looking right at the sun through the rings of Saturn. Like, I'm sure everyone listening has seen pictures, like, especially, like, in elementary school or something, of, like, this is a, uh, an astronaut out in space, and look at their cool visor. Like, the thing that you need to filter out the fucking sun. <laughs> right. E even on Earth with, you know, the atmosphere and the electro... The magnetosphere and all the stuff that filters out the sun... Like, you don't look at it. So they're just, like, yeah. looking at it. <laughs> don't look at the sun is, like, maybe, like, 
rule like 0.5 of astronaut <laughs> school <laughs> don't go outside without a suit and don't look at the fucking sun as as paprika has explained to me actually like so space is a vacuum and it's often depicted as being horrendously cold but like if you're in direct line of the sun and it's powerful ass radiation it will actually cook your insides and if you want to watch a sci-fi horror movie that has a pretty bad act three but like just really good watch sunshine about the sun and being in space. That's a really good movie. The astronaut who then comments uh, about staring at the sun through the rings of Saturn, suddenly his nose starts bleeding. His nose blood manages to avoid getting in his glorious mustache. Then cut to back on Earth. <laughs> like immediately, no explanation yeah. of how he got back. Because, okay, it, it should go without repeating, but Saturn's really fucking far away. Like, yeah. Really far away. You don't just come back in a normal amount of time after something happens. Right. This is Saturn when it was 70s far away. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into this. But one of my biggest frustrations with this movie is that it's a really good premise. It's probably based off a book of people go out into space to look at Saturn, something that we didn't know a lot about at the time. And, you know, what could happen? It, it's a great premise, but then it just skips over. It sets up a really good sci-fi thing and then just was like, never mind, we're back on Earth. It just cuts to back on Earth and we're in a hospital. And we find out the guy on the hospital bed is Mustache Steve, who and, and the rest of the crew on the spaceship was dead. And again, you're given no explanation for how he's just back on Earth after the rest of his crew died and he apparently was exposed to a solar flare. Yeah, just just gloss over it. But the good news is that there's a, there's a doctor with an afro who is looking yes. over their highly irradiated patient and uh, informs the nurse to replace his blood with full blood, not half blood. Yes, not half blood. Not that 2% shit. You know, you give me the full fat blood. The nurse is getting ready to uh, give him whole blood and leaves the room to go get the blood. And while she's out of the room, Steve wakes up and peels off all his bandages. He sees his beginning to melt hands and his beginning to melt face. I will say, at this point, he still has the mustache. Yep, still has all of his hair. Oh, thank God they saved his mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, his hair would not have been the first thing to go. <laughs> All of his hair and the mustache, which are the, of course, don't immediately go away when you've been exposed to a tremendous amount of radiation. Oh, oh, we didn't mention the doctor's notes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> when Dr. Afro was in, in the scene earlier, he picked up his medical chart off of his bed and just the word radiation was written in red ink, all caps and underlined. <laughs> radiation in big letters underlined. Hmm. <laughs> radiation, what's that? And like, okay, most of this review is gonna be lighthearted. I do wanna point out one thing. It, don't look this up if you are squeamish because I really struggled with it, but there's a YouTube video called, I think it's like The Most Radioactive Man or something, and it's about a Japanese power plant worker, nuclear power plant worker, who accidentally got exposed to like, I think the highest amount of radiation that's on record for like being exposed. It goes through the medical trauma of what happens when you are super irradiated. Like your, your DNA literally breaks down. It is horrific it is tragic and it is just it's hard to even conceptualize the pain of that so clearly they knew about that in this movie but just wrote radiation yes <laughs> and like if you're around someone that irradiated you literally have to like enclose them in a radiation suite because it's unsafe to be around them Although yeah. in the movie they say it's all right. They they have a Geiger counter throughout various points in the movie and they're like, okay, this is this is a high but acceptable level of radiation to be around. This is strike two of like making a sci-fi horror but not actually doing anything with it. But anyway, yeah. Steve gets up and is understandably angry at he, his... He, is, he, he tears off his bandages and is not pleased to find that he is melting. Starts tearing up his uh, his little hospital room. But then the nurse comes in with the whole blood 
shrieks and drops the blood. Absolutely. And, and, then, we get a, and we get a close-up of the blood for some reason. Well, it was whole blood. That was expensive. Yeah. That was important. And, and then the nurse runs out of the room and Steve Steve Melting Man, as we as we decided his whole name was. Yeah, yes. Chases after her through a facility. So th the first interior shot was just of a medical room, which is fine. She's slow-mo running through a gigantic industrial, like military industrial complex. It's like, it's like half industrial complex and half like the cages in a high school where they store sports equipment. Like, I, I think I said it looks like there's like AT-ATs being stored behind them. It's just gigantic, this huge row of cages. And she She runs through, she's screaming, she's hollering. She runs through a glass... She runs through a glass door like it's not even fucking there. <laughs> and when you see the incredible melting man, your adrenaline is just through the roof. It's like the whole thing, like, you know, when a mother sees her child in danger, she right. gains like four times her strength or something like that. When you see the incredible melting man, you can just break through walls or some shit. Uh, she breaks out and runs away. And then we cut to her dead body. <laughs> Well, okay, so there's a little bit of, like, GoPro footage of the hand oh, yes. coming after her. <laughs> it looks like the incredible... We get, like, GoPro footage from the Melting Man, but, like, it's clearly a camera on a dolly, so it seems like he's on a skateboard or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then he catches up to the nurse, and then we cut to back to Dr. Afro. Oh, boy. Dr. Afro showing up. To meet our pro tag, Dr. Ted, I believe. Dr. Ted Nelson. Dr. Ted fucking Nelson. Oh, boy. They are in uh, a morgue or some kind of observation room, something like that. Anyway, they, 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 they peel off the sheet over the dead body, and it's the nurse, and, like, half of the nurse's face is gone. Yeah. Good practical effect. Yeah. I don't know if we, we mentioned this. It is... It is very, very important to bring up that Rick Baker, who has done so much practical effects work in his oh, life, yeah. was, did the practical effects for this movie. And the practical effects of, in this movie are fucking tight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> very well done. And, and without a doubt, the best thing about the film. Apparently inspired, like, shit in RoboCop. Like, that's how good yes. it is. Yes. Anyway, yes. Ha half of the nurse is gone. <laughs> And we get we get a decent special effects shot of it. And then they make coffee whilst they're in there. <laughs> it, it's a very like it's a somber scene where it should be one of horror and urgency, but it's just kind of like, oh man, I guess Steve got out. Anyway, well, I guess I'll call the general. <laughs> you want some coffee? Yeah. There is a trope of uh, like morgue scenes. Yeah. Where, like, whoever's working at the morgue is, like, really nonchalant about their job and, like, eats around the dead bodies. And I think the start of that was actually, and Kolchak the Night Stalker. He, he Kolchak regularly visited a guy. It's been a while since I've watched that whole series, but I recommend Kolchak the Night Stalker, which is kind of like the precursor to the X-Files. But he regularly gets his, Kolchak is a reporter, and he regularly gets his information from a, a dude who works at the morgue, who I think regularly, like, gambles, takes bets regarding, like, people who come in and have died yeah there's there's a long-standing trope of like morgue workers i think that's you know when you work around death for so long sure. the fucking <laughs> yeah yeah sure it's just like i don't know the, the idea of me on the outside of going like i'm gonna make i'm gonna brew some coffee and also morgue. this is apparently like a government facility <laughs> right it, it like and they're it's implied but like it's just so weird because you have the interior shots of like a morgue and a hospital room and that works fine and then you cut to the giant weird like fucking like we're keeping mechs behind closed doors hallway that people just have access to what is this facility <laughs> are there fucking AT ats behind these walls what is this also, my favorite thing about this facility, whatever this facility is, is that they have to basically shout their lines at each other. Yeah. It's just strange. It's weird. Yeah, and an important part of this is this is the first time the Geiger counter is broken out. Oh, yeah. They scan the dead body of the nurse and realizes she, she is emitting some radiation. 
Dr. Ted Nelson calls our, our General Perry and yes. explains, yeah, no, Steve got out. And the general says, all right, well, get off your ass and go find him. Yeah, specifically, Steve got out and killed somebody. And, and General Perry, who is a character actor who's been in a lot of stuff. Yes. Uh, a lot of westerns and a lot of old horror films. Escapes me, and I'm not going to look it up. Do we get to the scene with Nelson and his wife yet? No, no. We have to We have to cut to a fisherman who is fishing in... Yes. Okay. What is essentially a, a mud river. If you ever if you ever pass by like a fucking drain drainage gutter, yeah, that, yeah, it's like a creek and a dude's fishing there. And he even says he says like, well, can't get any fish. I guess we'll have a beer. I'm like, dude, did you think there was fish out here? (laughs) No one thinks there's fish out here. But the incredible melting man very very slowly makes his way and kills a drunk fisherman. Rest assured, we do not get to see a second of it actually happening. No. But uh, it happened. Which uh, you'll begin to notice as a pattern. So that happens. And then I think we cut to the home life of Dr. Ted. Uh, we cut to him in his 70s house. Very, um, very 70s making, house. Making soup? <laughs> soup, mac and cheese, ramen, who knows. So he's cooking some pot and he touches the handle of the pot and makes a sound. <laughs> Hot cha cha? like hucha cha or some hoo-cha-cha. shit like that. Well, he gets, he's making food, and then the general calls him and says, have you found him yet? Well, no, I went back home to make lunch. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm coming down there, and I'm going to be in my civvies to, like, keep this covert, which is the first red flag of, like, clearly this is under the military's jurisdiction. It's in a military hospital. This is a military thing. And the, but it like, they can't mobilize troops to like do this. Who are we keeping secrets from? (laughs) If it had been explained that they were trying to do this like off the books because they could lose their fucking jobs or some shit, that would be nice. But we don't get that explanation. The general says I'm coming down there and Ted's, Ted's really stressed about this. And then his wife shows up. Oh, we skipped over a a part which is Ted and Dr. Afro. <laughs> um, it, it, <laughs> in the facility, and they're on this like tram thing that's taking them through the facility. Through that same the tram... hallway, the nurse is running through. This point that Doctor Ted reveals to Doctor Afro that his like wife is pregnant. Anyway, anyway, back to Doctor Ted making making soup. After he gets off the phone with the general, his wife shows up and plates him a bowl of the soup he just made. <laughs> Whatever nondescript food is in there. And she tries to start talking to him about, like, the baby and about work. But then he asks her if she bought crackers after he asked her to. And she says no. She keeps, like, trying to drive the plot of the film along. <laughs> he keeps being like, where's my fucking crackers? Yeah, but, but crackers. <laughs> well, you could write it down on a notepad. Yeah, well, the general's coming by. We need crackers. Oh, the general's coming by? For what? I really need crackers. God damn it. (laughs) Then he leaves and goes to find the incredible melting man and comes... Wait, does he come across the plot? No, he doesn't. He doesn't. Oh, no, this is where we meet the children. Oh, fuck. God, I am like eight plots ahead and we are still only four (laughs) plots in. Okay. We We cut to two six, seven year old boys smoking cigarettes because 70s then a seven-year-old girl comes by and says let's play hide and seek they go into the woods and long story short i could belabor this it's not important what happens here but essentially long story short the little girl whilst playing hide and seek because she's it finds the incredible melting man and then runs away okay we did skip over something important did we waterfall Oh shit! God damn it! <laughs> at some point between like the guy at the creek getting murdered and the soup scene, we get uh, a shot of the dude who got uh, murdered at the creek off screen's head floating in the creek. Presumably, the melting man threw his decapitated head in the creek. We get slow motion of it as it just drifts down the creek. <laughs> And it falls down a waterfall. It eventually goes down a waterfall, and as it lands at the bottom, like, blood splatters everywhere. And the reason I felt I had to bring that up is because then we get the scene of the two kids smoking the cigarette, and the girl being like, let's play hide and seek, and they agree. Kids say, we'll go play by the waterfall. Mm -hmm. Bisbee and I were like, 
what are these kids for? What are they doing here? And they say, we're going to go play by the waterfall. And we're like, oh, okay. They're going to find the head. Guess what doesn't happen? And this movie really telegraphed the hell out of those kids finding that head and then did not deliver. (laughs) Yeah, wait, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, okay. Logically, it would be like they find the head and they're like freaked out but interested. And then they find the melting man and there's like stakes. But it was just, up melting man, run away. So then they play hide-and-seek. The boys hide, and the girl counts. And she really doesn't seem to understand how the rules of hide-and-seek work. (laughs) (laughs) They tell her to count to 50, and she gets to 10, and it was like, I can't find you, I don't want to play anymore, (laughs) or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah, she finishes and goes, all right, come out. No, no, you have to go find them. No, you have to find them. (laughs) She's like, this isn't fair, I don't want to play anymore. She then goes to try, try and find them, happens upon Steve Meltingman. The uh, head is never discovered. Yes, the, the head head's never found. To this day, that uh, head is still just in that pool of water. The head we wasted, like, a good minute and a half of slow motion footage on is never found. Yeah. Little girl sees Meltingman, runs away, passes the two boys who are supposed to be hiding, who are reading a Playboy magazine they stole <laughs> out of someone's mail. <laughs> And they're just, clearly they pranked her. And they're just, like, I think I remarked, like, you know, why are we in plot E of a boner comedy? She runs past the boys to her mom and says that she saw a Frankenstein. And the mom is like, doesn't believe her. And it's just like, "Uh, I need you, you need to stop watching spooky movies. I also feel like this is the point that we should, we should mention, because I think I brought it up here. So much of this movie feels like other movies are trying to get started. Then, like, a melting man shows up. Not not really shows up, kind of just wanders into the scene and then exits. And then maybe something would happen. It then cuts to Dr. Ted, who is just wandering around in the same area, but with a Geiger counter. Walking into bushes and trees and just saying, Steve, Steve, it's Ted Nelson. And he stops at some goo and, like, runs his Geiger counter over the goo. And he's like, yep, this goo is making a lot of clicking noises. That goo, by the way, is Melting Man's fucking ear. Well, he runs across the goo a few times before he finds the actual ear. And I forget what, um, I don't know if we passed it yet, but there's a great shot of the Melting Man and his fucking eye, like, just falls out. I hope out of everyone, Rick Baker got fucking paid for this movie. <laughs> yeah, like, a lot. <laughs> his fucking eye came out. That was awesome. <laughs> that does happen again cannot stress enough that the practical effects in this movie are fucking rad we have to say that it's it's punctuated by beautiful beautiful body horror and i i I wish there was just more going on it's amazing practical effects in a movie that did nothing to earn them yeah so scanning around with his geiger counter and in a bush he finds a bunch of goo and amidst that goo is clearly a human ear. So so Melting Man lost an ear. Is this where we get to the weird rapey scene? Yeah, I think that's next. I think we're with the photographer and the model. Out amidst all this maybe California desert forest wilderness, there is a photographer taking pictures of a girl, the girl posing for pictures, and then he's like, hey, you should take your top off. She's like, no. Then he's like, yeah, but like you should though. <laughs> He, like, eventually pulls her top down. It's super fucking uncomfortable. Very. But amidst all this assault and battery happening, she backs up and her ankle touches the hand of dead fisherman. That's how the police become involved in the case of Steve Meltingman. (laughs) This thing connects the scene of the general landing and dressing down into his civvies and meeting up with Dr. Nelson. They conveniently happen upon an ambulance and the police where you know of this other scene with the fisherman's hand and i love this so the general's name is general perry and they show up and the cop's like who's that that's michael perry not a general (laughs) you think you'd give him a different last name if you were trying if you were trying to hide some shit for some reason you think you'd cover but nope it's just his real name minus his rank. This scene just basically serves to tell our main, our pro tags, oh yeah, no, he killed another dude. Oh, shoot. Well, we better go find him. And then they just drive off. I don't think we've properly addressed that Dr. Ted is our protagonist. Is he? Yes. I don't know. 
Because a good he's portion around. of this movie is just not about him. He's the person around in this film the most. I guess, yeah. Aside from Melting Man. And, but Melting Man, like, yeah, he's killing people, but I don't know that I can really blame him because he's, like, been super irradiated by a solar flare. At no point am I like, is he doing this maliciously? Like, I, I cannot imagine that he actually has normal brain functions. So I can't say that he's yeah. a bad guy. I, I know this is an exaggerated number, but it felt like 20 times throughout the film. Melting Man, we go inside his head and hear him, like, having PTSD flashbacks to the solar flare happening. Most of it's not even the solar flare. It's just the countdown, yeah, just the countdown. of the launch. It's not even when it happened. If I have to hear this fucking countdown one more time, I've heard it in the past, in the present, in the future, slowed down, sped up, stop. I don't need your fucking stock footage of some Saturn rocket. It's just him reliving the launch over and over it's, again. Okay. Okay. Interesting question then. Is the Incredible Melting Man the protagonist of this film? I think so. I, uh, I, I wanted to save this until after we finished the plot, but I don't think I can at this point. This is yeah. Granted, this is from Wikipedia, and it's not cited, so it could be wrong. But apparently this was supposed to be a parody. And they cut out a lot of comedic scenes, not all of them, but a lot I of I want them. to watch that movie! Yes. <laughs> Why? Why would you set out to make a parody of sci-fi horror films and then be like, never mind? Other than, like, you thought that it would be more successful financially to just, that, like, sell this as oh a straight God. horror film. I'm, like, dizzy now. Holy yeah. shit! <laughs> Again, it's claimed. I'm looking down. Is there another? There might be another reference. Yeah, I think there's more references of an interview where like that was revealed. That explains so much. Hey, hold on. Nope. Time out. Okay. Was that revealed or was it like Tommy Wiseau claiming the room was supposed to be a comedy revealed? I mean, I'd have to look deeper into it and we don't like I don't have time, <laughs> but again, I wouldn't it, it explains a lot. It explains it, yeah, so much no. of this. Holy shit. I man, I need a second. Yeah. Um <laughs> uh, yeah. wow. Yeah, no. I, ow! <laughs> I, I love that movie. <laughs> I, I, that, if this was a, a, a parody, like a '70s parody of sci-fi horror, like I'd probably watch this every fucking year for fun. You wouldn't have to change much, and this could be like the fucking Doctor Strangelove of yeah. fucking of horror. By the way, if you haven't seen Doctor Strangelove, go watch that movie. Absolutely uh, go watch Doctor Strangelove. It's baffling. Jesus. This whole movie is baffling. Yeah. It, <laughs> it changes your perception of the entire movie, knowing this. Like, you have a character actor who's, like, done a bunch of, like, sci-fi... Who's, like, done a bunch of horror stuff before, and, like... Mm, it, it explains mm. it explains that silhouetted shot of Melting Man when there's sundown, and he just, like, trips and falls for no fucking reason. <laughs> <laughs> Which, okay, I, I do have to, I have to bring up the Zack comparison here. Anyone who knows me, and for those of you who don't, you know, I'm a really big fan of Zack. You know, it, is, it, it is because of you I've watched that movie on Rift <laughs> for the first time. It's so fucking fun. Yeah. I was, I, for those not familiar, under one of its alternate titles, the episode's called, titled The Blood Waters of Dr. Z. An MST3K episode, and a mo again one of the few mst3k movies worth watching on its own okay so the parallels are it's very slow the creature design is really the only real thing of worth it also has a scene where someone just like destroys a room because they're angry <laughs> the music is okay the music in zat's better uh, i will say that and it's the music yeah, in zat's no, fucking sure. god awful but it's better than this movie and we'll get we to haven't, that. we haven't we haven't we haven't talked about the music in this movie we which haven't is... but oh um, boy <laughs> look, i love zat i have a fucking zat tattoo that i specially designed that's how much i love this movie but at least in zat the catfish monster which is the antagonist actually kills people on screen the same yeah. is not true yeah. For this movie okay i'm still i'm still i'm still reeling from that reveal i know i i and really i do okay. think it's true because there's the, the initial reference doesn't have a site but other ones down do so it's like i'm gonna just assume it's true i may look later and be like okay no that's that's unfounded okay. but it would make sense so the doctor and the general show up the dead fisherman and then they leave and no because we meet the sheriff here 
he's important later. Yeah, because it's it's the doctor gets out of the car and the sheriff is like, "Hey, this is convenient. You can take come take a look at this dead fisherman we found." And the doctor, not wanting to give up what he knows, for some reason, oh, it was probably a bear attack. And the sheriff just straight and... up says, "There's no bears around here anymore." Oh, well, you know. Yeah. The sheriff doesn't, like, buy it at all and says, like, hey, do you maybe know something? Doc's like, nope, bye. <laughs> then they're just kind of hanging out. Dr. Ted, Dr. Afro, and General Perry. General Perry. General Mike. And they're, they're just hanging out in a room. And the phone rings, and Ted picks it up, and it's his wife um, asking what's up. And he's like, I can't say anything blah 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 but then the wife asks if his military friends are coming to dinner dr afro is like nah i think that's the last we see of dr afro. dr afro is the smartest person in this whole fucking film <laughs> dr afro is just gone from the movie at this point like, no i i haven't i don't want to do any more with this movie i'm out Man, but Gen general mike is like yeah sure i'll come over for dinner then his wife is like okay my parents will also be joining us for dinner <laughs> Oh, and then not, not even that. Uh, my mom, Helen, and her boyfriend. Oh yes, <laughs> that's right. Her boyfriend. This is movie five. <laughs> oh, I've lost track at this point. There's so many. Where where it then cuts to Helen and Harold again. The the wife's mom and her boyfriend. Well, okay. So first, before he hangs up, he's just like, "Oh, but remember, my mom and her friend are coming over." And Ted Nelson's just like, "Can they not? I really yeah. don't want them there." Which yes, it's, it's that implied that it's like, "Hey, there's a military operation going on. They shouldn't be a part of this." But the way he says it's just like, "I hate your mom and her boyfriend. I don't <laughs> want to see them." Then we start to understand why. Mm -hmm. Because then a good chunk of the movie <laughs> way, is dedicated way too, way too long. Of this, so much. Of this fucking so movie. Much. These two old that, people just talking. Just just talking, kind of doing bits. I will say it's like it's an accurate representation of old people talking because it's that literally the topic of discussion is should we get something to bring to them when we arrive? No, we could do candy. You just want to eat candy. What about flowers? Well, flowers just die. It's a waste of money. Hey, let's go steal some citrus fruit literally along the side of the road. And that goes on for like five minutes. It's so long. Oh my God. It's also interspersed with cuts of the melting man just wandering around just like wandering in and out of that citrus grove not knowing what's going on so they do finally actually pull over and get out of the car <laughs> these two elderly people go to then pick lemons from a roadside lemon grove and they mention something about like hey maybe we can make lemon meringue pie for the dinner we're going to sure and then a dog um, shows up. They get scared away by a dog as they try to pick lemons and they get back in their car. All of this is happening. We get interspersed cuts of, of Steve Meltingman having like flashbacks to the launch. And, you know, is this when they actually, is this the part where they actually just show the opening scene of the movie over again? It It's either now or later. I can't tell you. Well, in one in one of his flashbacks, it straight up just shows the opening scene of the movie again. Did we start from the beginning? No. <laughs> no, no, no. Are we actually gonna get like what? How he got back to Earth? I wonder. Pad the runtime. Woo. Mostly. <laughs> this is the mustache. It's, it's still you're not, funny. You're not, you're not gonna show us, are you? Oh, that's it. No, no, we're gonna pay. <laughs> stop, stop. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Showing the same scene again. How does a man who is melting from radiation near Saturn come back to Earth and be like, take me to the hospital? Especially when apparently everyone else died. Yeah. Like, boy howdy. Also, again, to note how fucking rad the practical special effects of this film are, uh -huh. the melting man looks different, like, about every time we see him. He, it's it's he's progressing through you know fucking melting you want to know something real fucked up like uh. real fucked up apparently there was more that baker prepared there was more effects and more different states and they cut some of them out Ooh, ooh. i i 
again, baffling production decisions. Four distinct stages of makeup design, and they cut some of them. That's, God. That just means that, like, the public at large was robbed of ever seeing that. I can't decide whether I hate or love this film. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think we'll have to, like, maybe try to make a decision at the end if we can, but... Let's keep discussing. So they think they, they get back in the car and they're safe from the. They get back dog. in the car. They're safe from the angry dog who scared them back into the car. But then in the rearview mirror, we see Steve Meltingman is in the car with them, and we're like, "Oh hell yeah! Fuck yeah!" And it just cuts away. <laughs> and, and and then gone. It cuts back to Doctor Ted talking to his wife. And his wife is just very distraught that her mom and her mom's boyfriend haven't shown up yet. And he's like, it's okay. And it feels like a scene at the days of our lives. It's the movie about a struggling marriage that Mm -hmm. apparently someone would have rather been making instead of this fucking sci-fi horror melting man story. I don't think I was far off in my initial assessment of this being a movie where like, a bunch of other movies are trying to happen and a melting man shows up. No, like, really? That's what this has been so far. Like, it had, like, 17 uncredited writers who all wanted to pitch their own show. I want to do a movie about a failing marriage. Well, I want to do a movie about an old couple doing hijinks and trying to steal lemons. I wanted to do a movie about going to Saturn. Okay, we can do that for a little bit, but then we're coming back. But we'll call back to it seven times. I want to do a movie about precocious children who smoke cigarettes and steal pornography. I want to do a movie about a melting man. And then some producer said, guys, you're all right. (laughs) (laughs) Really, this is what is so fucking frustrating. This is... Or it could be, I guess, a movie about the dangers of space, the cosmic horror of the universe, fears about nuclear power, isolation, and um, being exiled, you know, as a pariah. Like, there's so many themes they could do, but they focus on Ted Nelson's marriage in this fucking movie. (laughs) And I don't know why. Ted Nelson, who, again, is... I guess supposed to be the protagonist, but again, the protagonist is Steve Melting Man. If you look up Milk Toast in the dictionary, fucking Ted Nelson's picture shows. He is up. the blandest fucking person. His acting, the fact, his character, his lines. The most all important, of it. the most important aspect of Ted Nelson's character that really gives you an idea of who he is as a person is that. His soup dinner was almost ruined because there wasn't plain crackers readily available. (laughs) Wait, so no crackers? (laughs) So... Is You think that Ted Nelson's main plot drive is to find Steve. No, it's whether there are crackers present. (laughs) That's his motivation. It cuts from the old couple about to get murdered by a Steve Meltingman. And Ted can have marital issues with his wife. And I know we usually save this for a different part of the show. My my unanimous, my not unanimous. I I, I then said at this point that I think we need to agree that our spider room moment. (laughs) Yeah. Is not only this movie taking a weird break to focus on these old people, but Ted like having an argument with his wife her being worried about uh, her mom showing up and that dialogue playing over a scene of Steve Melting Man killing them. <laughs> Not even killing them. They're already dead. He's just eating their cadavers. Yeah, and he like throws one of their arms outside of the car. Which, by the way, it, it was established earlier. I think we talked over it, but it basically it's established that the Incredible Melting Man has to eat people to survive because he is losing like and that actually is kind of accurate. Like, radiation victims have to have their blood replaced because literally their DNA is breaking down. But it does set up that Incredible Melting Man has to eat people. I mean, I think this is the part of the movie I cheer the most was those two old people being eaten because they would not no longer be on camera, which is great. The sheriff finds the bodies and he calls Ted. Says, yes. You need to come out here. You need to look into this because it's been yet another murder in like less than 24 hours. General and doctor have to leave. Before he leaves, he's like, I got to keep you safe, wife. Here, take a shot of fucking morphine and go to sleep. Yes. <laughs> Which, uh, I forgot that he drugged up his wife. Which, like, you know women and their hysterics, you gotta literally shoot them up with opioids to get him to go to sleep. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? And this is, by the way, 
before they even know that it's her mom, he just drugs her up because. Oh, oh, he he also told her about Meltingman. Oh, wasn't supposed to. And the general's angry about it, but it's yeah. okay because the next scene they're just driving and then talking about his marriage. Anyway, let's talk about your marriage for a while. <laughs> Remember that melting man? Yeah, me neither. You found a dude's ear? That's weird. Anyway, she forgot crackers, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to tell tales out of school, but that's a surefire sign of a failing marriage. So they go out and then they come back or something. I don't fucking care. But the point is that the general stays behind. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> because he, because the doctor wants someone to watch his wife, who he's drugged up and made completely vulnerable. We have this wonderful, incredibly important plot, you know, scene of the general going to the kitchen, getting out a turkey leg and a bottle of beer, and then sitting down and eating it. Oh my god! I just realized something we passed over. Oh shit! What was it? The anticlimax out for another anticlimax. Oh my, okay, yeah. So, I, I know it sounds like we're a bit scatterbrained. This fucking movie is so hard to follow, as is. <laughs> so, there's the scene where, when they were out earlier. Yeah. And his wife is just sitting there knitting. <laughs> <laughs> so, the melting... The, most, the, the, the melting... <laughs> the, the melting man is watching her from outside. It seems like something in the movie is finally going to happen. He watches her from outside, and it cuts to her inside, knitting. And then it cuts to the melting man watching from outside. And then these it cuts glorious, to her. like, moonlit shots of the special effects. And it's just, and it the movie's just like, look how cool he looks. Never mind that nothing is happening. Look how cool he looks. Yeah, and it's like as as obvious a setup to a standard like slasher movie scene as you can get. It, it just it feels like you know, aping off a of John Carpenter. And then we see the melting man. And then we see her knitting. And then we see the melting man. And then we see her knitting. And then we hear a, a, a crash of something off off yes. camera. Yes, and then we hear a sound. We got and Abysme and I get so excited because it seems like something's finally going to happen. She she heads to the kitchen. Kitchen's dark. The reverse shot of her is like coming out of a room that's lit. It's a great shot. And then everything else around her is dark. Like there's a real And for once the music is the music is kind of like Do we want to talk matching, about the music matching. real briefly? We do. Okay, <laughs> sorry. This is a tangent, but we kind of have to because this movie is so fucking out of order. But <laughs> the music that starts is someone incorrectly playing an analog modular system and it's you know fine okay because the beginning of the movie again is like them in fucking space and that's cool the yeah. rest of the movie is random orchestral stings 70s jazz funk and like those three elements it's just kind of thrown together at random all over the place with this what soundtrack the fuck <laughs> is this music stop it's like horror it's You're like not psycho. Tension, like a little bit of psycho, and like maybe the start of like a Rocky theme. <laughs> yeah, and, and Jaws. Some more Jaws. And 2001. It's so all over the fucking place, and it's it's so like inconsistent in tone and quality. <laughs> yeah, there's parts where it's like Jaws, but not quite Jaws. When the kids are playing hide and seek, I think there was a low tuba going. Yeah, the kids are playing hide and seek, and it's trying to play. It's trying to like up the whimsy. The music is. I do. Have... You get you get flashes of where it could be good, but it is not good. I have to bring this up now because we're talking about the music. It was composed and directed by Arlon Ober. Arlon Ober did other than the Incredible Melting Man, Galaxina, Robotech. Fucking Robotech, House, House 2, Child's what? Play, Deep what? Star 6. What? Inexplicable. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Night Beast. What the fuck were you on when you were doing this, dude? I don't know. So we talked about the music. We have shots of the kitchen, and it's really tense, and it's dark. And this actually came out a year before Halloween, so I think John wow. Carpenter is familiar with The Incredible Melting Man. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, and then she goes and she turns the lights on, and it's a fucking cat who spilled a jug of milk. And that is that is not the problem, audience. That is not we, the problem, we, audience. We know we know what a fake out scare is. Yeah, Bismi and I were both like, okay, we we're upset at first, but like, okay, that's the fake out scare. And now we're gonna get the incredible melting man. Okay, movie, you can redeem yourself here Come if you on. just like you know pick up the pace okay. and do yep. something. Woman, woman alone Fine. at home. Okay, okay, okay. Just, here we go. Yep. This this is how you can bring you can bring this around. You can get us on your side, movie, right now. A close up of someone knitting is not how you get us on your side, movie. <laughs> Come on. Yes, you have yes, the melting man. The melting we know. Man. He's super. He's super. He's very rad. cool. We love this guy. Just come on, give it to us. Come on, we're rooting for you right now, please. Okay. <laughs> Fuck me with a soft dick. Jesus Christ, come on. <laughs> I just want a melting man to erupt out of a wall and chase people. <laughs> Is that so much to ask for, movie? Oh God, he's just standing there. <laughs> movie, this is a beautiful shot and I love it, but it's not enough. All right, we're, we're, we're gonna pan the kitchen, okay. all right? It's okay. Table. Building some good tension here. The music works for the tension we're building. It could be better, yeah. but I'll, I'll accept it. We're gonna pan back to the other side of the, the kitchen. Okay. Please? Please? Yes? Yes? Come on, come on, come on, come on. I'll take your fake out. That's fine if you deliver. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> There's a melting man outside the house! <laughs> then fucking Dr. Ted shows up. Then Dr. Ted shows up in a, another fake out jump scare back to back. And I think I think I got very angry when that happened. We both got pretty mad. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of yelling. The incredible melting man, just, just to clue you all in, like to set the context for this and our anger has been sitting outside of this house for 10 minutes, just peering from the bushes and doing nothing. There has never been a more obvious setup. And you saying that this was meant to be a parody brings that into an entirely new perspective. <laughs> I know. I don't know why they didn't just do that. They should have just done that. Oh my God, it would have been perfect. Have been it would have been amazing. <laughs> After like all that build up, we were left with I don't know unanswered boners. <laughs> Just the biggest of blue balls, like yeah, yeah. We 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 had to jump back. So where where are we jumping back ahead to? Okay, so um, now the the sheriff. And you were right. It is the sheriff the entire time. Has called Doctor Nelson to be like, hey, look, I found more bodies, and this is when Nelson says, oh man. He appears to be getting stronger the more his body decomposes. <laughs> and the sheriff is like, fucking who? He's like, I can't tell you. No, you have to tell me. Okay. I'll tell you. Like, okay. But you can't I tell your me. wife. You can't tell your wife. And he's like, I'm not married. <laughs> I think I said like, hey, hey, I'm not married. I got divorced like a year ago. And then he says, you know, I'm not married. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. And so he says, okay, well, let's go look for him. <laughs> Who's him? I'm just a... Now I'm just upset we're not watching. We didn't watch that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, we would have had an amazing time. We wouldn't have anything to say because, like, it'd be self-aware at that point. But yeah. So, yeah, no, the sheriff says, all right, who's him? And then they just get in the car and leave. He doesn't actually tell him who it is. Before they can get back, uh, Steve Melting Man finally, at this point, gets into the house and kills the general. Oh, yes. We forgot about the general dying. Who's eating uh, a turkey general, leg. General Mike, who goes to the fridge and grabs a turkey leg and a beer. And eats it on camera. And then he, like, which stands is, up. Which is, which is why General Mike is my favorite character in the movie. He stands up and, like, wistfully eats the turkey leg and stares off into space while very light pizzicato tones are playing. And then suddenly the melting man just busts in and just marks his ass. And I think yeah. he yells, Steve! <laughs> yes, he does in fact yell the name Steve when he opens the door. <laughs> also, judging by bottle shape, I don't know the 70s uh, looks like Red that Stripe. well. Yeah, it looks like he's drinking a Red Stripe. <laughs> Which, you know, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's not bad. Right. Yeah. 
That stripe and a turkey leg. Yeah, well, I, I've, had, I've, I've had worse evenings. Kills, kills a general, never bothers with the wife, whose name is Judy, I just realized. And then, and then leaves. And then Sheriff and Ted Nelson come back and are like, oh no, the general's dead. That's when Ted checks on his wife, like wakes her up yeah. and is like, she's like, oh, I had a dream. I heard like the general screaming or some shit. <laughs> then she just goes back to sleep. And that's the last time we see that his is wife. The last. Yeah. In the meantime, Steve Meltington finds, I guess, a neighbor or something of these, t- a young married couple who are like arriving home and he broke into their house to like raid their fridge because part of his skin <laughs> goop is on their front. A fucking doorknob. The husband of this married couple goes in first, and the wife just kind of hangs out outside for a while. And then, having heard nothing from the husband after a while, she goes inside, finds the door of the fridge has been torn off, and also there are bits of melting flesh all over the place. And then it seems like the melting man is going to attack. And once again, we're like, please, please, movie, show us. <laughs> Well, like, she, she, like, discovers the scene in a dark room, but we don't actually see it. It's off camera. She just starts screaming. She runs back. She puts her fridge in front of the door, and the melting man's, like, yeah. pushing on it. And she turns behind her and locks the other door, so she's locked herself in a room, which makes no sense. But she grabs yeah. a giant, like, butcher's meat cleaver, and the melting okay. man finally, like stocks yeah. outside hold on oh, go ahead let me let me let me break the down the timeline of this scene real quick because it's fucking impossible oh god she pushes the fridge in front of the door that she hears banging on because the melting man is on the other side in about maybe 10 seconds while the banging on the door is going on she turns she pulls a meat cleaver out of a drawer from the glass door behind her the melting man's hand breaks through the glass and tries to grab her how the fuck did he get over there so fast? I, well, because we've never shown the layout of the house. We have no idea where he is at any given time. He was very clearly on the other side of this barricaded door. I mean, maybe it's there right was a back door of, in the room he was right, in. The door is right in front of her. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I don't know. The hand reaches through, breaks through the glass door and tries to grab her, and she just chops it off with the meat cleaver. Then screams in horror, and then like... Then screams, and just sits for there screaming. We get a shot of her just sitting there and screaming for a very long time. Oh, and she called 911 before she chopped his hand off. Like, a call does yes. get out. That's important. That That is important. So... So then the sheriff gets because, that call. Because of, because of the 911 call, the sheriff and Dr. Ted yeah. show up at at milk house (laughs) (laughs) that's right she recoils against the wall and there's just this giant sign that says fresh milk also like the wallpaper in the house is like water stained and peeling it's like she seems to live in a pretty shitty house i i i I don't know what house they found to shoot in but yeah it's it's in disrepair dr ted and sheriff whatever show up to the milk house and walk right past her like she doesn't even exist as she's like that's the the other fake out of this fucking movie someone starts like banging on the barricaded door and we're like oh no the melting man's gonna get never mind it's 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 the the doctor and the sheriff and they just kind of blow past her another blue balls moment anyway they blow they blow right past this abroad and they're like Um, they're driving along and they're like well i guess we better break out the geiger counter again oh yeah the thing that tracks the incredible melting man (laughs) And they, incredible they, melting man who we now see stumbling around and clearly just has one arm now has one arm and oh uh, stumbles by a hobo camp the hobos are like yeah you're all right yeah. <laughs> they do the hobo gag that has been done in movies since i think like the 50s yeah where, like the hobos are drinking and they see like something crazy wander past them and they're like, oh, man, guess we have to quit this stuff. And Incredible um, Melting Man wanders into a fucking power. Wanders into some, like, power power facility or something yeah. like that. I don't know if that's exactly what it is, but there's a lot of pipes and a lot of wires. It, it looks like a substation of some sort. So, yeah, I think yeah. so. So then Doctor and the Sheriff are chasing after him. They try to, like, hunt down this man whose skin is melting off and has one arm and they can't seem to catch up to him they eventually get to the substation and they're chasing the melting man through steve meltingman through the substation they Um, get up to the top and they're trying to reason with him 
The sheriff shoots a fucking shotgun. Yeah. At Steve Meltingman. And also we see two other cops. Security guards, yeah. Yeah, there's two, like, uniformed armed security guards at at this substation who apparently are aware of the the, the ruckus occurring. I know we're rushing through this. Well, not really. But they they are chasing him through this substation for a really long time. It's just, like, there's multiple shots of both of them just running up a staircase constantly. The point is, they get to the top, and Sheriff Blake shoots him, which just pisses off the melting man more so he throws his ass off the top of the power plant and he gets he lands on power lines and gets electrocuted to death in a really cool special effects scene yes oh this movie was so close to redeeming itself in just like the last 10 minutes yeah we were hoping this this was part of it the scene of the sheriff getting thrown through like the power lines or whatever and just the effect is and they stay on it like it like it gets electrocuted it hits the ground it continues to ignite like they keep cutting back to it because they know that this is the impressive part of their scene and apologies to our editor who in the in the in our first episode hosted a timestamp or the uh, the spider room scene. Uh, if we can get a timestamp of just this scene along with the YouTube link to just the movie, which is on YouTube, yeah, that would be perfect. <laughs> yeah. By the way, this is free on YouTube as of the re- recording. As of this recording, you can just watch this movie on YouTube. Not on not only the full movie Unrift, but the MST3K version of this movie, admittedly with poor quality video, is just on YouTube right now. <laughs> so Sheriff is dead. And Dr. Ted Nelson is really, really sad about it, as per his acting yeah. and delivery. Steve then grabs Dr. Ted to just throw him off of whatever thing they're on top of. But Dr. Ted grabs on. Some... He's hanging for dear life off a ledge and manages and... to say to the melting man, It's me, Steve. It's Ted it, Nelson. It's me, Steve. It's Ted Nelson. And the scene would have worked if we had any, any kind of indication that these two previously knew each other. I think there is, but it's not like maybe we were talking over it. But at the end of the movie, they actually explicitly say also Ted Nelson was one of the directors of the Saturn Project. Yeah. We just assumed that like Dr. Ted Nelson was just the NASA doctor. Sure, whatever. <laughs> for, for this dude who got exposed to a solar flare. But apparently there is some deeper connection between these two than that. I guess. That's enough for the Incredible Melting Man to, with his one arm, lift Ted Nelson up and save him. But then the security guards show up. We do need to explain that, like, right before this was the explanation, the one-line explanation that Ted Nelson gave to the sheriff. (laughs) Which was that apparently radiation melting this melting man has made him stronger. (laughs) Yep, that's, that's how that works. The more you radiate and lose your the entirety of your fucking body, the stronger you get. <laughs> yep. So he saves him and oh yay, maybe redemption. And then the security guards show up. Wait, I'm in the line. Wait, did he just say he's Dr. Ted Nelson? Oh, I guess we won't shoot then. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Ted Nelson got shot by a cop. <laughs> uh, is the moral of this movie a cab? Because hell yeah. And uh, one of them accidentally just shoots Ted Nelson and kills him. <laughs> and he's dead. And so the okay. incredible melting man gets revenge and kills both of them. Melting man with his one arm. Here's Dr. Ted Nelson call him Steve. And apparently they had some relationship earlier we weren't privy to. He uses one arm and pulls him from the ledge and saves him. Yeah. And again, leading to our theory that Steve Meltingman is the protagonist of this film. I think so. Uh, the armed security shows up and <laughs> sees Dr. Ted and Steve Meltingman and is like, hey, we have guns. Fuck whatever you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And just open and fire. And Dr. Ted, Dr. Ted's trying to be like, no, no, don't shoot. And they shoot. <laughs> they point blank shoot the wrong person. You know, you got you get a normal person and then a melting man, and you shoot the wrong person. And at oh. this point, we thought they were gonna fake us out and have him be alive, 
But no. no. Dr. Ted's just fucking dead. Ted's dead. The melting man Ted's, in the wee Ted's hours dead, of the morning. He he just he wanders off to the side of a building below the power plant and finishes melting. Yeah, just 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 melts. Will whilst we get garbled. A yet another garbled replay of the launch sequence and just dies. And then a janitor shows up and again. I think this was meant to be a comedy. Just starts picking up bits of Melting Man and putting them in a trash can. Yep. Oh man, I better go grab the hose. (laughs) Now we're just going to watch this janitor clean up the Melting Man. (laughs) Just not even going to question what I'm cleaning up. All the while a voiceover uh, describes that they're doing another launch to uh, Saturn. Yep. And then that's the end of the movie. And then fine. Oh boy! Everyone who knew about um, the melting band, at least like as oh, displayed in this movie, is dead. I know we described this previously, but again, when the melting man is finishing melting, practical effects are so good. Are so good. They're they're just oh my god! They're top they're top tier. This is seventy seven. So that's our movie. What do you think of the movie? The more I think about it, the more I'm like. You know, Zad is not a great movie. It's, yeah. It's got very slow parts. It's got, like, things where just nothing's going on. And it's got baffling decisions. It's a fucking Oscar winner compared to The Melting Man. Here's the thing. After the reveal bomb you dropped on me halfway through this episode. Yeah. I feel like I need to watch it again. And just, like, try to pick out where they clearly cut away or, like, just excised shots that would make this a fucking comedy that being said without that perspective you've dropped on me not not good (laughs) fun to watch with a friend definitely that that's the qualifier i'll put on this one if i had been watching this one a alone and b the unriffed mst3k non mst3k version which I haven't seen it in a bit, but I'll recommend. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I don't know if I would have enjoyed this alone. No, I, I would just be like, I think I'd just be so bored I'd turn it off. Like, probably halfway through. But I do, again, I do kind of want to rewatch it from the perspective of this was originally supposed to be a parody. And apparently, again, these do have sites. I haven't looked into them, but this is off of Wikipedia. The shots of them in space were done in post-production. Okay. <laughs> So that it's never explained how the fucking ship got back or how Steve Meltingman got back to Earth is in there because they didn't bother to shoot it or even write it. Wow. So this is just like, this is the studio coming in going, no, we need a horror film. And, and, and the director's like, but I wanted to make a parody. It explains so much why this is like the, the a veneer of a sci-fi premise that has zero explanation because it was never intended to have any. Almost afraid to get to this part. <laughs> we had to make a cocktail for this film all i know and i've been saving this for the entire time we need to come up with a drink and i just know it needs to be called the incredible melting mai tai <laughs> oh the incredible melting mai tai i'm almost reluctant to do that because i love mai tai so much <laughs> a mai tai is like in my top three favorite cocktails incredible um, melting mojito i would say the incredible melting mule but we just did a mule yeah. See, the thing I was going to suggest is because it's the Incredible Melting Man, if we did some variation on a cement mixer, for those not aware of what a cement mixer is, it's gross. It's entirely just Irish cream and lime juice. In, okay, what if we did a cement mixer, but also a brain hemorrhage, and you have to do both of them back to back? Yeah. <laughs> I can think of fewer double shots more gross than that. Yeah. I know one person in the world who would ever drink this willingly. I mean, I'd do it. I've had a cement mixer before. Yeah. Neither of these shots, if you know what you're in for, are particularly terrible. (laughs) (laughs) If you know know how it's going to go in that Irish cream, like liqueur, like Bailey's. Yeah. If you know that it curdles in whatever you're pouring it into and you're prepared for that you can you can deal with it but if you're not prepared for it wow yeah (laughs) Yeah. and and i remember like the first time i did one i was told like just do this quickly and i was like okay and i did it i'm like man that's not too bad and then the person next to me was like what's happening in this and the dude who poured it said no drink it now 
yeah, but it looks kind of weird. No, you need to drink. Okay, well, okay. Yeah. You missed your window. Oh, the, the gag the gag doesn't work if you like drink it instantly. It doesn't. Because you have to drink it fast, otherwise the cream curdles and it's fucking chunky and gross and like drinking alcoholic sweet cottage cheese. So there you go, everybody. Fix yourself with some mixer and a brain hemorrhage. Somehow do this at the same time and then that's, drink them both. And that's the incredible melting. That's, the, that's your incredible melting liver. <laughs> <laughs> Holy, okay, I got to write this down. I got to write this down so we don't forget it. This might have to be another shot we do on uh, on, on on camera. At the least. At the very least, we now have like months in advance to prepare our bodies for this oh, wow. terribleness. I've done the mechanical poisonous spider. I'm, I'm more willing to do this, but at the same time, just like fuck me. I will attest to the fact now that we've had enough space around from it. Mm-hmm. Mechanical poisonous spider, not bad. Not bad. Definitely needs some work. Needs to not be a bomb, yeah. but. It's to absolutely not be a bomb. Oh my god. I don't know if I told you this, but like, I'm not a wine and champagne sort of guy. Yeah. So after we recorded that video and then recorded the episode where I drank the rest of the Prosecco, I had a headache after that for two straight days. <laughs> we did that We did that shot, then we recorded a different episode, and then I had to go meet some friends at a meadery. And I cannot believe I could function the next day because my body had so many different things in it. I'm surprised I didn't throw up or had like a bad hangover. It, it was just, that, that, that day is a fucking fever dream for me. Not as much of a fever dream as this movie was. <laughs> Well, thank you everybody for tuning in to the Jameson Tapes. Leave a comment, leave a, use the hashtag Jameson Tapes in the social medias. If you want to suggest a movie to us, use the hashtag Jameson Tapes with your movie suggestion. Uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. See you all in the next one. Maybe next one we'll watch the Keepsy Tapes. Maybe. Probably not. Probably not. I don't know. Maybe. The Jameson Tapes is hosted and created by Alan Chaney and Abysme. If you have a movie suggestion for the podcast, please leave a comment, message us on the Creative Horror Discord, or tweet at Creative Horror with the hashtag Jameson Tapes. Creative Horror is a network of creators working together to build a constructive community of horror fans. Please visit us at creativehorror.com.